How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Postcast. As the Jazz defeat the Brooklyn Nets tonight by the final score of 101-89, David Locke along with Ron Boone here on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As the Jazz pull off the win, the game was tied 70-70 going into the fourth, and then the better team pulled ahead and won this one tonight. Ron, what was different in that fourth quarter? Fourth quarter was just more aggressive offensively, and I thought it was started with Rodney Hood was his ability to get into the paint and he just got things going there in, in that fourth period you know ended up going four for five from the field he only played seven minutes and coming up with eight points things just started to roll from that point defensively I thought that they played some pretty good defense throughout the basketball game it's just that they that their offense wasn't clicking did you do they just is there any they're playing with danger here by not pulling away and being in, in control. I mean, they really weren't controlling this game for the first 33 minutes, Brooklyn was. Or a 12-point win in the NBA, that's about all you can expect on the road. Well, you're, you're on the road. Yeah, yeah, sure, you're always happy with winning winning on the road. And every team provides problems. And and the problems for, for the Jazz with this team, and like a few other teams, has been, you know, at that guard line, at their guard position that gives the Jazz, you know, a, a tremendous amount of problems. This team was more of an up, up-tempo style of play, as you mentioned during the course of the broadcast. It seemed like they didn't run plays. I mean, they might run a pick and roll, yes. But everything else was like downhill, transition basketball, and just one of those teams that if they're going to win, they're going to grind it out because they, did, they don't have um, one of those guys that, can, that will set the fire on them. Gordon Hayward's third quarter probably as key as anything, 13 of the Jazz. 20 points in that third quarter to keep the Jazz in the game. They trailed by two at the end of one. They trailed by two at the half. They fell behind early in the third, and it felt a little dangerous at that point. They had fallen behind 62-53, which was the Nets' largest lead of the night. Uh, Nets opened up on a 10-3 run, and then Gordon got more assertive. He ended up finishing the night with 30. Uh, you know, remember when, when Gordon Hayward scored 30, it led all conversation. Now he has done it for the fifth time this year, 18th time in his career, and you, it he, he just kind of rolls through a, a 30-point night with 18 shot attempts. Man, that's big time. You know, what's amazing, though, David, is that, you know, we've watched guys, especially when guys that work as hard as, as Gordon, uh, you see their game improve every year, and they, and they get better and better at different things as far as the game is concerned. We watched Carl Malone elevate into a great player, getting better and better, shooting 40%, 45% from the free throw line his first year and just got better and better because he worked very, very hard. We've seen this transformation with, with Gordon to the point where he is very comfortable with every part of his game right now. It's not. I don't think there's one thing out there that you can say that, that he just totally struggles with. And you do that through hard work and wanting to be good. Really interesting game for Coach Quinn Snyder, who wins his 100th game of his NBA career. In this regard, the, the Jazz did not have a very good first half. They allowed... 52 points in the half. Their defense wasn't good. They were allowing, a, at that rate, they were allowing 112 points for 100 possessions, uh, which would which is terrible, frankly. They finished the night really good at 94 points per 100 possessions, which is elite. Um, they really clamped down defensively. And, and Quinn made a decision 
in the second half that he was not going to play the favors Gobert combination. So he's and and so what the concept was clear to him, like okay, if we're going to deal with their dribble penetration, their drive, the way you talked about them playing, that we're going to have to play with a center and four kind of mobile other players. He started with Boris. They didn't guard him, and Boris didn't hit shots, so that didn't work. He went to Trey Lyles. They didn't guard him. He didn't hit shots. That didn't work. Then he went to Joe Johnson and Joe Ingles' combination, and that did work, and that's where the game changed. Joe Ingles ended up with nine rebounds. I think he was plus 21 uh, tonight, the plus minus. It's two things, I think, that are interesting here, Ron, I apologize for being so long with that. But one is it shows the versatility of the roster that this team has that you – tried three or four different stretch fours at different times during the game to find the one that works. And then I also, it's a great feel by Coach Snyder to understand what the game needed. He just had to find the right guys to do it. Well, find the right guys to do it and knowing that, you know, certain guys will do certain things out there on the floor if you put them in in the position. Joe Ingles, I think, has been, uh, how do I put this? I mean, he's a guy that's kind of overlooked at the value that he has on, on this basketball team. Up until now that he's playing a lot freer and making three-point shots. You look at his line tonight. I mean, what did he do? He had nine rebounds. Did you know that before I told you that? No, I no, did, only because I saw it a minute ago. <laughs> and, and I was see, like, wow, I missed Joe Ingles' nine rebounds. And, and, and that's what I mean. And, and you know, I was watching and listening this morning, and, and you know, he doesn't mind putting Joe Ingles in the ballgame to defend some of the tougher uh, offensive players on the opposing team. So he's kind of the guy that's, that's sneaking, sneaking around and, and, and quietly getting the, job, getting the job done for the Jazz. Well, what's incredible is the different ways in which Joe Ingles has been used, right? He's been used basically as a point guard. He's been used tonight as a power forward. He's been used as a defensive stopper against Kyle Lowry, Lou Williams, and Devin Booker. And, you know, just the amount of versatile ways you're using him are a great tribute to where he's become as a player. And he really has become, with his international experience, what he is is he's a veteran player, understands how to play, understands how to manipulate the game uh, and, and how it's being called and, and takes that to his advantage. And you just hit something I think that we've discussed many, many times. We talk about this all the time, about guys that, young guys especially coming into the league, that they're so talented, but they don't know how to play. Joe Ingles is not the most athletic player in the league, especially on this Jazz team, but he knows how to play the game. He knows what's, what's what works. He knows what doesn't work. And Right now, this year, for the first time, he's showing us that uh, he's a player in this league. You know, a great example of that, actually, is what Shelvin Mack's become. Shelvin's got his flaws, and he's got his strengths. And what he talked about to us on the postgame show, I asked him about the right side, right-handed floater, and he said, you know what, I'm just not the most athletic guy. I can't get to the rim. And so, you know, what ends the, the path, we talked about this a lot with Trey Burke, the path you see with NBA players is in their first year, they figure out what they can't do. In their second year, they go work on all the things they can't do, try them again, and guess what happens? They still don't work. And it's in the third year that they suddenly come back and start to evolve. Okay, I can't get to the rim. I better get a floater. And it takes a little while to develop those things. We're seeing Shelvin having developed that aspect of his game. We're seeing Joe Ingles in his third year in the NBA figuring out what he can and can't do. And not only the what they can and can't do, what they can and can't do with certain players, teammates out there on the floor. You heard him talk about Rudy and, and the effect that Rudy's had on that floater. And and the point that, you know, Rudy's, he demands because they're going to pay a lot of attention to him rolling to the basket and try to take away that lob, but that gives him, Shelvin, an opportunity to get within eight feet, five feet, to shoot the little push, little runner. 
Rudy Gobert, 15 points, 16 rebounds tonight. He was he was obviously terrific. We don't want to forget that. So the Jazz get nice balance without George Hill tonight. 30 for Gordon, 15 for Rudy, 15 for Mack, 15 for Ronnie. Story is the defense in the second half and also the Jazz-controlled pace of play. The Nets came in averaging 104 possessions a game and the Jazz averaging 93 uh, possessions a game, and the Jazz held up to 94 for the game. So a commanding 101-89 win for the Jazz over the Brooklyn Nets on the Jazz radio network. Out, Matt Harping has saved me because I forgot my bottle earlier today, and he has brought it back to me. So big thanks to Matt. Everybody tweet at Matt Harpering. Thanks for getting Locke's swell bottle. His wife would have killed him. So you can all- he loses another one. I found the other one. Yeah. So thank Matt Harpering for me and send him a tweet at, at mharpering15. That is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.